Welcome to Stage 16. This is our 11th episode, and we, as usual lately, are diving right in. How you doing, Sean? I'm good, Sean O'Banion. How about yourself, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. A uh, little slower on the news. Obviously, we had Oscar stuff, but uh, but there are a couple bits uh, to talk about. So, <laughs> but nothing worthwhile happened at the Oscars this year. Yeah, so right. It was, it was like literally nothing to talk about. Right. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Here's what I want to lead off with. Yeah, go. So go after you know 36 years after three years of delays, the trailer, the final trailer for Top Gun, finally finally dropped a mere two months before it's going to come out. Yes, it did. And here's, we talked about this on the show before. We've had many conversations in our 22-year, 25-year friendship, whatever it's been, about Top Gun. I mean, it, it, it is, I can say it's my favorite film of all time. Like, it just is. I mean, it, you know, if there's a top five, if there's really? a top ten, which of I have. all time. Yeah, for me, it just is. Like, I just, I'm obsessed with that film. So when the teaser trailer for Top Gun 2 dropped, Three years ago, in 2019, I'll never forget, it, it was a July day, it was, in the, it was the same day it premiered at Comic-Con. It, and to me, in my opinion, to this day, it's still the best trailer, teaser trailer that's ever been released for a film. Like, it literally delivered everything that you had been imagining for the past, at that point, 33 years since Top Gun. Like, any every every little shot in that film, to me, was just literal film gold like i just was i mean i watched it i watched it literally probably 40 times over a two-day period and then five months later <laughs> you're the I king did. of the revisits you're the king i of know because i mean it, it a good trailer to me is better is you know is a lot of times better than the movie right i mean it's about Especially the music the editing days, yeah. right the shots that they choose and unlike you know a lot of trailers like Universal for their Fast and Furious and Jurassic Park franchises, like they literally Universal is the worst about this about showing every single money shot in the film. Like, yeah, you go in the film, you've seen every money shot. Yep. I felt like the Top Gun teaser did exactly what teaser supposed to do. It reintroduced the world after thirty three years, reintroduced the character. It built up the um, the legend of Maverick within the Navy, which is you know as a fan you you make up your own. We, you and I have talked about many times, like man, they could do a Top Gun too, and he could be an instructor. Blah blah blah. And I want to say you and I even talked. You and I even ten years ago fantasized about a, a Goose's son saying that would be a great story. Yep, you know, I think so. So so literally, I felt like that trailer was almost cut together. It was almost like if you and I said, okay, what would our fan, our diehard Top Gun fanboy like want to see in the trailer? This is what we're gonna do. So then the trailer, trailer, the second trailer, whatever you want to call it, was released in December. It was released the week that um, Rise of Skywalker came out to kind of accompany that film. Right. And, and now that, that trailer, was the one that, that featured Ed Harris, right? That was the second one? No. The teaser teasers, the one with Ed Harris. Okay. The okay. second trailer was really kind of a, a longer teaser, but it had, you know, had new footage, had different stuff, but it still didn't dive into the story. Okay. And again... You know, greatest thing I've ever seen. You know, and I'm just flipping out. I'm the the music's in it, and you're just I'm, I'm in that world. It literally felt like Tony Scott go, was there. You know, and it just whatever. I just I was so excited about. It. So then COVID hits, and that film was the first one that when it got delayed, like I was like, man, that sucks. It got pushed from. I think it was July 4th is when it was supposed to come out, and they pushed it to December of 2020. Right. Then they pushed it again to May of 2021. Then they pushed it again to November. 
of 2021. Now, right. <laughs> in October of 2021, the the the, uh, the theater owners convention in Vegas, they showed like the first 10 minutes of the film. And that's, the first 10 minutes of the film is never released online. The only people that have seen that are the people that were at that convention. Yeah. And, and the, within the, hours the of it. was strong. <clears throat> strong. And I'm going, oh my God, like this is coming out in a month. I've been waiting my, you know, my whole life for this, whatever. And then fucking Paramount says, well, we're going to delay another six months due to COVID. Even though <laughs> Spider-Man comes out a, a month later and is the highest grossing film of all fucking time. Like it just, I, I mean, so at that point, I kind of checked out on it because I just was so just down and you were on getting, it. You were getting heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, it really, really. Like, you know, it was like Paramount kept breaking up with you again and again. <laughs> fool me once, fool me twice, fool me. They fooled me four fucking times. And it just set me off. And I just said, that's, uh, you know, it's just not cool. Like, why? The, the film is sitting there. It's been sitting there in the can for years. And you're just teasing with the fans with it at this point. And you're making mistakes, frankly, because yeah. other films came out in the fourth quarter last year and did very, very well. So it just seemed really foolish. So. Throughout the first quarter of this year, they've been saying May 27th. And they said that it's going to, you know, it's going to premiere at Cannes and blah, 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 whatever. So I'm going up until literally, you and I were talking about this still a week ago. Where's the trailer? Like, no, no promotional footage has been put out in that film for 27 months, 28 months. Where is the trailer? Right. So it dropped the other day. And unfortunately, I, I didn't love it. Like, I, I, I was disappointed by it. And, Maybe it's, I think it's a combination of things. It's a combination of, I, I thought that they did, the music in the first two trailers was awesome. I mean, it was like Faltermeyer, this score is a score. And this, they didn't really well, it use wasn't, they It used, wasn't the actual score. It, it was maybe whatever Zimmer's doing on the on the new one, but it wasn't the authentic I, score from 86. It could have been Faltermeyer's new score, Sean. We don't know. That's don't true. forget, That's Faltermeyer true. did. Yeah, I mean, so we don't bell, know. But, it had the bell, but I mean, I, look, I watched it with you about eight minutes after it was released the other day. Yeah. And I, I have to agree. I, I was like, I wanted to be blown okay. away by it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, I mean, I wanted to just get super excited about it and, for, and forgive Paramount for breaking my heart the last several years over and over and over and just get pumped about it. But it was just okay. And yeah, it doesn't maybe, even seem to have lit like social media on fire or, no. you know. And and actually, I, I, I've rewatched it like you. So a couple things. One, I mentioned right away, which was that it felt like the weight was too much on the recruits or the whatever. You know, the girl that's maybe. like, we're all the best in this room. So what are they going to teach us? And then, yeah. you know, clearly it's going to be about... Uh, Nick Bradshaw's son, which that's fine. I'm good with that. Um, but they even did, there's something weird in the trailer. I'm, I'm wondering if like you picked up on this. What's that? When they cut to the picture of Val on the wall, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Admiral Kazansky, and you hear yeah. John Hamm say, you know, we, we thought we were done with you or whatever the case may be. And, and, and he says, but Admiral Kazansky thinks that you still have something to offer the Navy. Yeah. And then, they cut to the picture and, and when they cut to the picture, he goes, AKA Iceman. And mm -hmm. I was like, what's that about? AKA, we know who he is. <laughs> you well, know, like, well this, okay. I, the movie is a sequel to maybe. Top Gun. So if you're going to yeah. see Top Gun, I mean, you may be a casual Tom Cruise fan. Yeah. Maybe, but realistically, who's the audience? It's the people who love the original. And if they love the original, 
we know who Tom Kazansky is. You don't have to say AKA Iceman, especially when you cut to his photograph. Well, okay, that didn't bother me as much as it bother you. But I, I, will, but I, I, I do. Weird. I have a prediction, though. I I think that it wouldn't surprise me if that is Val's return to the film is that picture on the wall. Like they have, you know, I, I don't know. Like, do you still, do you think that there's going to be a scene with, with Val well, Kilmer, with Iceman? Or do you think that they paid him to come in and, and do that and do this shot and make him look as much like Iceman as they could? And well, the, the, the problem is the voice, right? He's, he has a tracheotomy. So Here's what I thought of with that though. You watch the Val documentary. Yeah. And you know who did the voiceover on that. His kid. His son. Yeah. Jack. So I it is it is possible that they were able to get him to do, you know, where his son is basically just going to voice over voice over his father. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean I thought about that. like they do with Hamill on, on Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I think that's possible, but I just don't know because well, I don't think they pay him money to take a photograph. The photograph is clearly somewhat recent. Um, oh, I think that they, I think that whatever they paid him to become Iceman again to return, which was kind of like just a to help him. I mean, I you know, I hate to say it, but I think it was all it was very much like, look, let's throw Val a bone here. What yeah, it is. Do? It's definitely and, like yeah. you know, you no, know, it wouldn't surprise like, me if they break. said, look, we'll give you you know three hundred thousand dollars to sign off on us to use your likeness in this film. And by the way, you're going to come in, we're going to spike your hair up and we're going to take some still shots of you for this one shot on the wall. Yeah. I, I mean, know. it could be, but also by the way, we've seen a funeral in, I think every trailer, right. Including this new one. Yeah. But I think, I think that that's, I think that's probably one of the recruits. Okay. Um, I read, I read somewhere in some, whatever I, that, that someone thinks <laughs> this is getting into stupid room trader. I read somewhere that Jennifer Connelly's, character's daughter is the female in, in recruiting film she's the female pilot okay and that maybe it's her funeral i don't know you know so i don't i don't think well that's i don't think you kill off the one girl in the in the movie that would piss a lot of people off <laughs> you know like yeah maybe. if if anybody, but, okay, it's so, gonna be another one of the the young team members but it could be you know that would have an impact on maverick if the guy who stuck his neck out for him and got him pulled back in to the program yeah dies before it's over you know, I think it's a recruit. I think there's there's stuff in the in the other trailers where it just leads me to believe that it's one of his trainees. I mean, he um, said, "What's would, the line in the new trailer?" He says, "Like you know, somebody's not coming back from this or something like that." I mean, it could be the end of the film. Like it could because they they clearly go on a mission, which it looks well, which what does if, look what awesome. If, what go, if Maverick's the one who doesn't come back from this? You know, what if well, he, what, what if I'm saying, well, it, saving like is isn't that what his dad possible. did? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, actually, it's, that's a good callback. The, yeah. The lore is his dad saved a couple buddies before he bit it. Before he bought it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. You know, I, I look, I'm excited about the film. I mean, I, I, I'm, maybe it is a good thing that the trailer to me did temper my expectations because based on those first two trailers and based on where I was at mentally and being excited about that film in 2019, like I expected it to be the greatest film event in the entire world like you know it's like okay this is this is what i was born to see as top gun <laughs> you know so it, it could do nothing but disappoint me i yeah. guess with those expectations I mean, because I, mine were lower than yours but we've talked about it also i mean we talked about it off the show but mine were lower because of joseph kaczynski uh, i i haven't seen a film of his yet that i 
really liked even you know tron legacy eh. i don't i don't don't, i'm not a big fan of his either but so that's the thing and then when they i think you're you're getting him too much weight but when they announced part way through that they brought in mcquarrie i was like okay so they clearly he and tom have a long sean i look at i look at kaczynski as is basically the kind of uh, director that's brought in on a james bond film the, okay, yeah, like so we, Tom tells him what he wants to do and how Tom to do it. and Bruckheimer and and then became McQuarrie. Yeah. So you you've made a bunch you said that a lot over the last couple of years, and I always disagree with you. I go, I don't McQuarrie is not a power director. Like Tony yeah. Scott would have been that guy, but McQuarrie is Well, but Tom I mean, Tom trusts Not McQuarrie, not Tom, McQuarrie. I mean Kaczynski. Yeah, okay. Kaczynski, I think, is, is just a journeyman director. And those are the, like Kaczynski would be the perfect guy to do a Bond film sometime because literally all they do is just whatever, you know, second unit directors yeah. movies that producers yeah, yeah, yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, we, we know how that works. Yeah. But I, think I just, that, I mean, so for me, like you said, even the first trailer, you thought it looked great. I didn't think anything in there looked like Tony Scott. There's none of the sort of red haze on the top of the. Well, I thought it did. Know, like, I thought visually, I thought it, they really, really mirrored. Yeah. I totally thought that there was a lot in the volleyball, the, the, the yeah, the scenes on the no, beach. The scenes, yeah. I mean, there are shots that are seemingly direct callbacks. There's the bar, you know, I um, thought the style. No, I, I, I thought the style did look Tony Scottish actually. That I, okay. I know what you're saying. Like overly his, the orange haze and things he does, which I love. In fact, I was recently, I got uh, days of thunder at Christmas on uh, 4k Blu-ray and I put it in for the first time last week. I was watching some scenes of it and just, you know, the orange sky. Yeah. On the the orange track sky and, and like the smoke out of that. nowhere. Yeah. Like when, when, so Tom Cruise, Tony Scott. when Tom Cruise yeah. rolls in in days of thunder on his motorcycle and he comes through a cloud of white smoke. Well, that's the scene like, that I watched, which is you're like, hey, where did the smoke come from? <laughs> well, right before that, they show where he rolls in and there's no smoke. Yeah. And then Cruise comes into the smoke. And then right after they show it behind him, there is no smoke. Again. Exactly. So literally, they said, okay. <laughs> It's a foggy day. I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know what to tell you. Tony wanted it, so it's there. What the fuck? But it, you know what? <laughs> I'll be goddamn if it doesn't work. Like, no, it's I'll cool. be, it, it's it, cool. it totally, a film like Days of Thunder, and, and we're getting, we're going from Top Gun and Days of Thunder, and that's fine because it's in the same world, but it is truly just a world that you are put into. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the loss, the, the fact that we're getting, we're finally getting Maverick. I mean, Tony was involved in this. So Absolutely. the fact that we're finally getting it is wonderful. But the fact that we've lost Tony, who's not. And then Tony, Tony, yeah, exactly. I, I recently rewatched Man on Fire. Um, I rewatched Crimson Tide recently. Like I, I, I got, I so oh, missed that era. Yeah. Tony Scott, yeah. he in the nineties, especially in the nineties and the mid two thousands, like you know, in the in the eighties, it was Top Gun and Cop Two, which you know, all time class. And once you got in the nineties, and you got into Crimson Tide, and well, enemy, you got enemy in, of the state, enemy of the state, and then once you, and then he got on that role with Denzel, boy, with Man on Fire, and then Deja Vu, and then Unstoppable, yep. Yep. and even like taking movies. a taking a Pelham one two three is a, is not a great film, but I'm it. it, it it looks good. It's entertaining. Like it's it's way down, way yeah. down on that yeah. Tony Scott tier. But you still watch it and you go, it's it's a fun watch. You know, yeah. like it's good. so he yeah, he, it was a major loss to to film when we lost him. So well, yeah. Back, so back anyway, to Top Gun too. Yeah, um, we're both it, looking it, it forward is, to it anyway, despite the yeah. trailer being a little underwhelming. Yeah, 
um, May 26th, that Thursday night, is I assume when it'll open. It's supposed to open the 27th, and I, I can't wait. As soon as tickets go on sale for IMAX, I'll be buying it. And that's a big that's a big week and a big day because that Wednesday 26th is when Obi-Wan was supposed to premiere, and they announced this morning they're bumping it back two days to a Friday, May 27th, but they're going to drop the first two episodes that Friday. Right, and that was and, just announced, yeah. Yeah, and and it's that's interesting because the two, pro like the two film projects that I'm the most excited about in 2022, frankly, are Top Gun and Obi Wan. Like those are my two. Like you said, you can only pick two things to watch the entire year: film, streaming, whatever. You know, comic book doesn't matter. Whatever. This is, you only have two entertainment choices this year. Those would be my two. And it's interesting they're dropping the exact same day now, and they're coming out the same day. And I think that that's cool because. The Friday Memorial Days when all the prequel films came out, I, it really is just tying it in to that, you know, hey, it's Memorial Day weekend and Star Wars is back and yeah. Obi-Wan is back awesome. and we're going to we're going to give you a two, you know, two hours of it instead of just one. Again, yeah, without without having seen a single frame <clears throat> outside of that little trailer they released the thing that bums me out most about that show is that it's only six episodes <laughs> so as soon as, yeah as, for soon sure. as they said they're putting out two hours right away i was like damn that's only gonna leave four more <laughs> yeah know? like wow it's yeah. over so fast well and i tell you i really hope that they're hour-long episodes for the most part because back to with boba fett and um mandalorian th those are really inconsistent in their length there are episodes that are like 32 minutes and there's episodes that run you know 55 minutes yeah so they really don't seem to have any care about what well, we have to hit a certain time. They just, you know, they, they make the show they make and it, it's edited. It's as long as, as it is and they don't care. And that's fine. Yeah. Well, but I really hope that, that I think is also really cool about it is that it has a single director. Deborah Chow directed all six hours. So that's basically right. like, you know, she got to make three movies. That's exactly right. Pretty yeah. awesome. If they, if they run around an hour each, that's just great. And there's a lot, you know, I have to, hope it is because there's a lot to fill there at six hours and, and, and story and whatever. And I really hope that it does. Yeah. I hope it's not like 32 minutes long. The first episode. That would be disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so also, yeah, so be, that's also awesome. Say, yeah, man. Um, a couple of quick things. Um, do you know what the box of office was for the last scream? The, the fifth movie in the scream series? I don't. I know it okay. did. Uh, I know it did well it enough did. that they very immediately greenlit Scream Six. Yeah, and they've so the, so the thing is that they've already announced that Courtney Cox is coming back. Uh, spoiler yeah. alert! I I want to see. I worked on the third film in the series, which is not one of the most loved, uh, but we had a good time, and I really loved working with Courtney and David. That's who I worked for, and uh, so they've announced that she's coming back now. For people who haven't seen. Uh, the last one, you might want to mute for about 10 seconds. Um, but the reason David Arquette is not coming back is because our Dewey boy did not survive the last film. So Courtney is coming back. Some of this cast obviously is is, is returning. Um, and I think even without having seen it, I think that's pretty cool. If, if they've found a way to sort of reboot that franchise and people are really into it, then uh, I'm actually looking more forward to seeing it now, knowing that did you so like Courtney the new Scream? Did I what? Did you like it? Well, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen okay. it. Okay. Well, it's on Paramount Plus. I'm surprised you haven't watched it. Oh, I didn't even it. know um, that. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, we. I thought we talked. It's been on Paramount Plus for a couple weeks now. Oh, okay. That 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 fell into that that deal with Paramount, where within forty five days of theatrical, it, it's going to hit streaming. That's exactly what it did. Yeah, well, that's um, great. So I'll check it out now. <laughs> I was yeah, waiting. I I tried watching it, and this comes from someone who's not a gigantic Scream fan. I like horror movies, but I I don't know Scream movies. I don't what. I just never been a big fan of them, and. I couldn't get through it, frankly. I, oh, really? I hate to say that, but yeah, like 20 minutes into it. Well, so the I first just one was, was bored. I, I remember very vividly seeing it. I went to the Burbank AMC to see the first one. I remember um, it too. Yeah. I saw an AMC theater and I was in Oklahoma at Christmas time. <laughs> and I was, that was my senior year of high school. Yeah. I remember that. And I remember yeah. very vividly seeing Scream 2. But I, it, 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 I just moved to L.A. three months prior and saw it on opening day at uh, Universal City Walk. And that was a big, okay. big, big deal. Scream 2. Yeah. So then when I ended up working on the third one, which was Courtney and David and Nev and uh, Parker Posey. And we had Lance Henriksen, which was pretty cool. Um, but the movie, uh, like I have a I have a little non-speaking cameo in the movie, which is fun. I like to point myself out. Um, in the studio, we also had, we had, uh, princess Leia, of course, for, for a few days on that one. Um, Carrie Fisher, of course. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. And so I do like the series. I don't know. I, again, I'm not much of a horror guy, but I do like the series. So I'm glad it's on Paramount because I'll check it out now. Um, yeah. the other thing is that we, um, we had talked, I'll do these two really quick. We had talked about Francis Lawrence, maybe in the last episode and how he kind of had vanished for a little while following the hunger games movies so i don't know if he just went to raise a family or what what he was doing but he's he, got off the hot list it's hard to stay on that hot list it is but he has announced a, a new film that's uh, it's called stalag x and it's a big sci-fi movie based on a 2018 graphic novel of the same name apparently it's some big kind of you know world building thing um, so this is Francis Lawrence who did Constantine with Keanu Reeves um, and who I am did, legend. Um, was rumored to maybe do a sequel that who knows if that will ever happen. But yeah, I am legend. So it's funny. Scream 2 had Jada Pinkett Smith uh, and I am legend had Will, which maybe is a good segue to talk about the biggest news in Hollywood this week, which yeah. actually was not the Oscars, although. You know, it should be because the Oscars had a lot of firsts this uh, this year, including my guy from CODA, the um, the actor Troy Kotzer, the first male deaf actor to win an Oscar. Um, yeah. So we'll, let's just talk about it for a minute. The uh, the slap heard around the world. Um, everybody everywhere is talking about it. There has I was been... watching it live. You were you were would have been asleep when yeah. it was yeah, yeah. So I immediately texted you. I want I wanted my text to be the first thing you saw when you woke up. And on it was that news. it was. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? And then I clicked the link and watched. Uh, you yeah. Know, the the yeah the, the it was surreal. Let me tell you the experience watching it live. It was surreal, and we we rewound think it. Was a bit? I thought it. I think I'm just like everybody else in it, where I thought it was a bit until, until the curse. Literally 15 seconds later, yeah, when, when Will cursing. was cursing at him, yeah, and you could see in Will's face and hear in his voice, like his his heart must have been pounding out yeah, of his chest. Like it had to be one of those moments, yeah, where it was adrenaline. He wasn't thinking, and his heart had to be pounding out of his chest. 
And when he was in, in, in America where I'm at, they, it was muted. So I, I, sure. you could see him, you could easily see what he was mouthing easily, but then very quickly online, the, you know, the international feed came up and you could see, hear that. Yeah. So immediately I went, Holy shit. Like he, that's real. And at first I thought he'd actually punched Chris. I didn't realize right. till after that it was an open handed deal. Yeah. And you could also tell it was real by Chris Rock's reaction when he was, when it was like, okay, okay. So we're, we're going to give a documentary to, I mean, we're going to give an Oscar to, you know, you could tell yeah, like yeah. Yeah. how flustered he was and, and just mortified of what had just happened. Yeah. So just, yeah, if, it's, you, if you're and listening I, to this show, you, uh, you probably know, but just in case you somehow don't and have been in a cave for the last three, four days, um, Chris Rock came out to present an Oscar for best live action documentary. He, he threw out an off the cuff line. It was not a, uh, it's since been announced. It was not written by the writers of the show. Uh, he looked down at Will Smith and Jada in the front row and said, Jada, love you. Uh, G.I. Jane 2. G.I. Jane 2. Can't, can't wait for it. And yeah. the audience sort of like grumbled. Um, well, they laughed a little bit, as did Will. Which yeah, they so... laughed, right. And Will laughed. Yeah. And Will actually claps for a second. Yeah. Uh, and then they cut but away. I immediately noticed, I immediately saw Jada's well, see, face. Yeah, exactly. Like, so at the moment yeah. that Will laughed and sort of clapped his hands, she rolled her eyes and sort of like slumped back. Like, just kind of that. shot like a nasty but look. Then the, like those but then the dagger. camera cuts away, cuts back to Chris Rock, who's on stage. So you don't see what happened in that instant. And I can only imagine that Will looked at her and she looked at him like, really, you going to let that go? And Will Smith walked up onto the stage. Chris Rock was like, kind of the audience was like, uh, and he was like, what? That was a nice joke. That was fine. And then as Will Smith is walking up to him, he goes, uh oh, uh oh. And he calls him Richard because he played King Richard, uh, in the film, uh, about the, uh, the Venus and Serena Williams. And, uh, he gets up to him and just with like a full body move <laughs> slaps yeah. Chris rock in the face, Mike Lowry, and then turns around and goes back to his, his seat. And as, he's but, but you know what, Sean, what was weird about that too, is that as Will is walking back to his seat, he had like a like a snicker on his face, yeah, a little you know, which, which again, which again made it look like that it was a bit because it wasn't it. You yeah. know, it's a lot to unpack, but like yeah. as he's walking back, it's like just he, a, maybe just a little bit. bit of a smirk. So yeah. some people in that moment, and also, and I've heard people talk about who were in the room, and they said that the the actual it was very loud, um, like he. he he kind of like swiped Chris Rock's mic as well. So there's some mm -hmm. people in the room who also thought it was a bit and people, how could you not? People I mean, chuckled it, it, yeah. and yeah. Chris Rock goes, wow. Uh, Will, Will Smith, Smith just the shit smacked the shit out of me. And at that moment, Will from his seat in the audience in the front row shouts, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And that moment is and then he did it again. Everybody but even goes, louder. He said, oh, wait yes. a minute. Everybody like stopped. And then yeah. Chris is like, it was a G.I. Jane joke. And Will goes, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. 
And at that yeah. point, the whole audience, it, it was like a high school fight. Everybody went, oh, yeah. yeah, you could hear everybody in the audience. And Chris Rock was like, OK, I'm going to. OK. <laughs> and then he yeah. waits for a minute and you see Chris Rock processing. There's a moment yeah. there where Chris Rock goes, I could. Uh, OK. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, he goes. You know, ooh, I could. You know, yeah. because here's here's the other see, thing. You can see a thousand jokes crossing Chris Rock's eyes at that moment. What? Yeah. Can I can I say one of these? Yeah. Will yeah. it inflame this further? I better not. I'm just because the other on. rumor in Hollywood, which I don't even think it's a rumor that they supposedly they have a, some sort of weird open marriage. Like well, Chris she and Jada is, do. Yeah. Well, yeah, so she she had an affair with the 24, 25 year old friend of her son of Jaden. Okay, I didn't know the specifics of it. I knew she yeah, had an I've, affair. I've, supposedly, I've Will had an affair with uh, with Margot Robbie. Is you know on on Focus is another rumor. Okay. That's well, out that one I hadn't heard, but uh, I've since heard. That Jada and there's a lot of pictures of her with this guy August something. He's like a young rapper. Um, she had an affair, and now they talked all about that affair that publicly. They yeah. even have a show I think called the the Red Table or something, and they sit across from each other and they get out all their family business, which is a little weird. But there have always been, you know, you and I worked with him on Wild Wild West with Will. Uh, I was on that one longer than you. I, w I went from second unit to first unit. I don't remember if you followed me in a first unit. No, I didn't. He's, I, so he's, I've never actually worked. I've, I've been on sets with him. A few, okay. I've never really done a film. With yeah. Him. And, and I've been on other sets that I wasn't working on. I, I was on men in black too. Cause my friend Steve was on it. Um, and I went to the rap party and Will's always like this jovial guy, but there have long been rumors about like Scientology that he connected to that through crews and, and and then all just all this weird stuff about well here's the Jada other thing sort that, of running him around and telling him what he needs to do not do and I don't really like Will's kids I mean this is the other thing that's made me think about it is that you know especially the son the one who's in Karate Kid and After yeah, Earth whatever Jayden, just, which after he slapped uh, Chris Rock Jaden tweeted out tweeted yeah that's uh, how we do it that's how we do it and I actually responded and said uh, is that how you did it when your friend slept with your mom. <laughs> like you know like really that's so your response I, I don't like i, I yeah the, smith has had a very and, and let me let me just say this so i think defending your wife i mean look if and, I, and here's the other thing too i didn't know just like chris rock apparently didn't know that jada has alopecia no, which has caused her to lose I, I, I mean not many people did and i've always thought her <laughs> Her shaved head in the last year or so was goofy. I was like, oh, she's just, look how cool she is. You know, just like. Well, I didn't think it was goofy. I mean, look, a lot of women choose to shave their heads. And, okay. and if they're really attractive, uh, they can get away with that look. Uh, you know, I mean, Denai Guerrero, I don't know if she shaves her head or what is, but in Black Panther and in real life, she's generally literally down to the skin, bald. Uh, there's a lot of supermodels that are that way. There's okay. It's not for me. But I get yeah, but okay. so so I'm saying exactly. But it, what it was it was a crass joke. When knowing. I yeah, so when I saw her like that, I not knowing about alopecia, I assumed it was either a for a movie or TV show that she was doing, or b just a fashion decision. Yeah, you know, a style and it's choice. okay to make fun of people for fashion decisions. Yeah, so yes. it. it 
so that it was a crass joke, but I, you know, not knowing, but it's just, a it, it didn't, shouldn't have gone to that. And the fact is like, if, if I'm, if I'm in that position and I'm sitting in front of, you know, all your peers and a worldwide audience and somebody says something offensive to my wife or about my wife, I'm going, I'm going to take offense to it and I may smack the shit out of the guy too, but I'm not going to walk up on stage in front of the world and do something like that. Like, no, listen, what he, he, there were two things that he could have and should have done. The, the two options were one, keep your mouth shut and then go up to him at the Vanity Fair party and say, what the fuck was that? You know, it's the second time you come after my wife and I in jokes. Why? You know, well, the other thing, the other thing he had done is his public when he won his Oscar. Everybody well, this knew is, this is what I'm saying. This is the okay. other one I was going to say. When he won, to go yeah. up and say, you know, my wife has a condition called alopecia and it causes people's hair to fall out in clumps. And that's traumatic for anybody, but it's especially traumatic for women. Yeah. And maybe Chris Rock, maybe you don't know that. Maybe you missed yeah. that big publicity blitz that we did like two, three years ago, but that's the fact. And for you to make a joke about it is classless. If he had done that, People would have the entire clapped. world would be on Will's side. They would have like, clapped literally, in the theater. They would have clapped at home. People, Chris, who, would be ostracized 100%. right now. Like he, he would have been. No, people canceled his the show he did last night in Boston. Like he, he would have been ostracized. Yeah. So until here's he the apologized other until he until he yeah. said, "Look, I didn't know she had alopecia, and I, if I known, yeah. I wouldn't have joked about it." He but, would be on the apology tour. Yeah. So then here's the other thing with it is that. I was, everybody was tuned to the television for the next 40 minutes until he, because it was a foregone conclusion. I mean, it was like everybody knew he was going right. to win. So how was he going to handle it? How was he going to handle this moment? And I think that he, you know, Will Smith and, and that whole family is known for being, like they're known for being good people, whatever, but they're also very full of themselves. Like they know their place, their hierarchy in the world. That's why I think Jade and those kids are assholes because they've raised them improperly. Jade's what done you know, they good just, things with charities and stuff. I got to give the kid credit for that. But yeah, I mean, the arrogance is off the charts. The arrogance is off the charts. So I think that, and Will knew he was going to win Best Actor. I mean, it's like, this is my night, you know? So I think that, Something was in him where he really thought that I can walk up here and do this and basically everybody in the world's going to cheer. And then I'm going to go up there and win the Oscar. So <laughs> then he, you know, and, and very quickly, it's like, Jesus, like, okay. It, it took me a while. Like I, it took me 45 minutes to process what was going on. It's the oddest thing ever. So then I was like, this is going to be the most like fascinating acceptance speech ever because Jesus, to literally have your, the high of your career, which is winning a best actor nominee and then doing what you did. 10 minutes so after assaulting your, someone. Yeah. You have your highest and your lowest moment in your entire career within 45 minutes of each other. So he goes up on stage and you knew that he's going to have to address it and what, what he's you know, how's he going to do it? And I thought the apology was, was frankly bullshit. Like it, it, it came off as terrible. more, it, it made him sound more arrogant when he, he started off kind of, you know, God has made me blah, blah, protect. I'm God, it was like a hundred percent about justifying his actions yeah. under the guise yeah. of the role that he played in the movie as a protector of his and family. That, yeah, exactly. And that, and that he's like, a, he's love. got a direct line to God basically. And he's like God's disciple who's all about love and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And yeah. 
and so it came off and he apologized to the academy and to the you know his fellow nominees not and not to chris in that moment he that doesn't that doesn't surprise me so that doesn't surprise me so much i mean i i kind of figured he's like 45 minutes he's still processing what just happened i guarantee you was like it, it was like a mix of what he was had probably you know memorized or written down that right. he wanted to say, and then folded into it was this sort of, I don't know, false attrition for what he had just done and what people had witnessed. Right. And it's since come out that supposedly somebody in the academy uh, asked him to leave the building after the. I think assault. the academy's whole thing with it, it, it it's very interesting when people kind of monday monday night quarterback you know what's going on with it where you heard the next day that well it was discussed should we kick him out should we not but we didn't know what to do and then two days later they come out and they say well we actually did ask him to leave like i i'd, I'd love to see the vid you know i'd love to see proof of that because i don't <laughs> yeah. really buy that and who did it it's who did it the stage manager like yeah Look, i've never been asked to leave anywhere but if i didn't yeah. leave somewhere i guarantee you the next move is that security comes to take me away and if i don't move then police come to take me probably away. what happened is and i'd love to know who the person who had this job is maybe the president came or whatever went up to will at his seat and said will should you leave? <laughs> like almost like ask question. And Will's like, no, I'm about to win an Oscar. And you're right. I mean, at that point, that person's probably like, uh, okay, we're not going to call security. Yeah, and getting on the you walkie know? like, uh, guys, he says he doesn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee you. And, and they, you know, they all had to be sitting there flustered going, he's, they know he's the best actor. I mean, you know, they know officially, you know, so it's like, what do we do here? So, and then the next day on Monday, at about one o'clock in the afternoon is when the Academy puts out a statement says that we are, or maybe it was Tuesday, whatever, saying that we are starting a formal investigation into them and blah, blah, yeah. blah, and whatever. Well, the Academy, about two just, hours just later, people know the Academy always does a post show post mortem. It's usually the Tuesday, yeah. the Monday or the Tuesday following the show. They basically go, what worked, what didn't work, you know, what could we do better next year? Um, you know, and you and I haven't even addressed the, the, this thing of like putting eight categories off the show and editing them together for, you know, editing and sound. And I was fine with blah, that. Blah. But the but the reasoning for that, I mean, not to get off on this now, but the reasoning for that was to tighten up the show and the show was not yeah. tightened. It was four no. hours and something. So yeah. that that was pointless to, to sort of disrespect those people. And they've had a lot of people resign their academy membership and whatnot. This Will Smith thing. There are people threatening to to resign that too. Now, look, they haven't taken away uh, Harvey Weinstein's Oscars. They haven't taken away Roman Polanski's Oscars. So they're not going to take away Will Smith's Oscar. What I think they may do is rescind his membership. Um, that doesn't mean he can't be nominated in the future. It doesn't mean he can't win. But I think that you know some sort of penalty for him needs to be done. Or well, I think they say, you know, you need to go off and apologize to Chris Rock personally, not just in your Instagram account and make amends. And if you do and you and you're willing, uh, you know, next year we have the two of you come out together and present best. Which I think is going to happen anyway. And and I and I predicted that as the, the, the soon as the show was over, I said, I will bet that, you know, I will bet that next year, maybe at the beginning of the show, the first award is Chris and Will come out together make a crack, make a joke about it. And, you know, it's like, it's a, and whether they really feel this way or not, it's basically like a public. Yeah. It's a public. But by the way, the Instagram yeah. apology that he made 
to Chris. Which he only did right after the Academy had formally announced. Yeah. I think at that point he yes. was like, fuck. And by, this but is by like, the way, like, yeah, he was like, this is not going away. And reading that yeah. thing, I don't know about you, but to me that reads like a publicist wrote it. Like, this is what people want to hear. So this is what you're yeah. going to put out. And like I guarantee you, his publicist was down, all, you know, at, right after it happened during the first commercial after Denzel and, um, and Medea, whatever, got, got done. <laughs> Tyler you know, Perry. Yeah and, yeah. and Bradley Cooper, by the way. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper. Like, it's interesting because it feels like that in the immediate after, Nicole Kidman apparently did the same thing, went up and in the immediate aftermath, there was like sympathy for Will. Yeah, you know, people, people were, were like, so oh, in Will. shock. Yeah. They, were, they were hugging the guy. Because Will was like assaulted. sitting at a seat crying. And I was like, so hey, I think, who, yeah. who's hugging the guy who got assaulted? <laughs> like, well, I mean, you know, Sean, you have to take yourself out. I always play devil's advocate. In the end of the day, Will, Will is very well liked within the industry from what I can tell. Yeah. I mean, he's not like one of these guys like, you know, Stallone was back in the 80s. One of these just people just didn't want to be around. You know, like he's one of these guys who is like very well liked. So, you know, I guarantee you even like Denzel and Bradley or whatever, they had to process it all out. And they're probably like, look, yeah. Yeah, they will. Will's my friend. And Will is like my, you know, he's my guy. And we've been, you know, friends for 20 something years. And he clearly is hurt, you know, so you go up and you give somebody symptoms. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that, but it's interesting that the, the, the discourse within Hollywood, like it, it has definitely been. It's evolving. It's evolved. It's evolved. And it's, it's quickly going more and more. And and I knew as soon as it happens, it's going to go one of two ways. This is going to go where Will is the hero. He's like, he's for defending. The, he's the, yeah. For defending his wife. You hurt my wife and I will yeah, fucking slash you. You know, like, <laughs> but within, well, that's Sean, I, I don't necessarily agree with you in that. Okay. Like, I think you, well, you're again, going too far in one did, direction. No, no, no. But opinion. defending but, her honor is one thing, but doing it with physical violence is the completely wrong I agree for that. Answer. In that situation, I agree. And, and, and he should have handled it completely I'm different. Not, yeah. So I'm not saying don't stick up for your lady if someone's insulting her, you know, appearance or anything else about her. But you don't immediately go to assault. But I think there was more, I think there's more to it that goes further back. And then they put out, you know, joke about that Chris made about her, at the 2015 Oscars where they made, you know, yeah, she so wasn't invited. Clearly, clearly, clearly Jada and will, I guess have been kind of targets of Chris rocks, uh, jokes over the years. So I think it's just one of those things where they, yeah. were, they didn't really like him to begin with. And it just set him off. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's been an evolving thing over the last three days. And I think it's going to continue to, and it's interesting how, you know, people within Hollywood are like, and Jim Carrey is hardly a relevant Hollywood person more, I have to say, but I mean, I saw an interview with him on Monday or Tuesday where he's like, Oh, I'd sue Will for $200 million. Yeah. Like, and he said he and was disgusted. Have, I mean, Wanda, yeah, Sykes and Zoe is, Kravitz, Wanda Sykes has now said she can't even. Zoe Kravitz is, you know, made kind so yeah. it, it it's interesting because a lot of people within the industry probably would not want to get in the mix on that. You know, they'd just be like, look, that's between whatever, you know, but for people to public, for celebrities in certain cases to publicly come out and say what they've been saying, you know, if I'm Will Smith and, and reading that stuff, hearing these, I'm going, fuck, man. I mean, like that is a guy who he's always been like, Tom Hanks or yeah, Tom, there, you know, he's there, been, there was an article, um, today actually in the rap and, uh, one top talent agent who declined to be identified said, quote, his brand is permanently tarnished. 
Yeah, um, and I, I, I would agree with that. I, it's one of those things where you do wonder, you wonder what what is the contrition that he's going to have to do? Like what to, yeah. to make amends for and that? His next and, movie, he's playing like a slave, and it's a big, a big yeah. Oscar bid. Another top talent agent said, "Quote: I think he's mortally wounded. Uh, almost an unbelievable level of narcissism on display during that event. This, the, I, this yeah, is the other thing. Sure. He, you know that, like you said, that there was still another forty minutes before he even got his Oscar, and the Oscar that right. immediately followed was Questlove. Uh, you know, <laughs> poor bastard, win, winning yeah. documentary with his three partners, and." Yeah. I mean, like nobody even like everybody was in shock. It, well, Sean, then f- ten minutes later, Coppola and Pacino and and De Niro come out, exactly. and I barely remember that. Exactly. Like, and then you had the Pulp Fiction reunion, you know. So these things are happening, and it really it, it completely sucked the air because you know what I was doing for the next forty five minutes? I was on Facebook and st- and scrolling yeah, through reading, reading comments, reading comments yeah. and responses. Yeah, exactly. And reading comments, responses, whatever. So. You had major moments, like not only people like Questlove winning, deserved awards, whatever, but with you know the Godfather thing, the Pulp Fiction thing, people used those were those were you know movie should have been movie, movie moments, lover moments, moments where yeah. you're yeah, but completely sucked the wind out of yeah. you know so yeah, narcissistic is the right word to use for it, but I think Will is a narcissist, yeah. but I think that in, that that entire the entire way it went down was and. It really is interesting. You you said it, and I totally agree with you that if he'd gone up there and and said, you know, said, look, I just want to get this out and and say what he said about it, the whole audience would have cheered, whatever, and then said, listen, and, and gone in his thank you speech. Yep. The the ire on Chris Rock would have just been like bloody hell. Yeah, it's he like, would have had to have been the one. To how say- dare you? How dare you offend his wife for a decision? Which is. You know, true, and he could have he could have come out of the Paul, I didn't know whatever. So the I would have been on him, and Will would have been looked at as the classiest, yes. nicest guy in yes. Hollywood. Instead, now, he thugged it up. And now, by the way, you know, making the correlation I did earlier about the Scientology thing and Cruz, one producer behind a bunch of studio franchises said, you know, when Cruz had his big media moment, that the couch jumping thing with Oprah, and then and then his confrontation yeah. with uh, Matt Lauer on like the Today Show or something like that about. I think like prescription medication or therapy or something. Yeah, yeah. Cruz had the mission impossible franchise under him. Like he had that, that he yeah. could, you know, and, and even at that time there was rumors, you'll recall this, that, that Paramount was thinking of replacing him or, you know, well, there, yeah, there were. And at yeah. one point, remember they dropped his, his, his production. Yeah, they dropped his he, company deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he was, you know, but, but these producer, uh, the studio producer said, look, n- Smith, does not have a solid franchise men in black. The last one did not do well. He doesn't have something to lean on. So he has this new Antoine, Antoine Fuqua movie for, for that was picked up by Apple, but it can go back to bad. It's a $120 million, uh, you know, movie called emancipation and it's in post now, but those people like Fuqua and everybody involved in that $120 million movie have to be going, Jesus Christ. Well, what the fuck? Well, Yeah, it's um, it's so it's wild. It, 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 the whole it, thing. I think wild. It, it could still be. I think uh, time will tell. I mean, well, at the end of the day, whatever he's got, he's got a year to 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 do the apology tour and hope that people yeah. believe it. 
Yeah. I'm not somebody. I don't think what he did is a hanging offense to the point to where it's like his career is com- I think completely over. I it's not. I don't I mean, know. Jada's quote it's, about it's a season for healing or whatever is like, get the fuck out of here. Um, anyway, look, we wanted to try and keep this episode to an hour. We only have like 12 minutes to, to hit that mark and we have some other big news to talk about. So this week, um, if, if you haven't seen yet, Bruce Willis's family announced that he has a condition called aphasia. Um, aphasia is very often caused by heart attacks. Uh, it wasn't announced whether Bruce had suffered a heart attack or a stroke at some point. What was announced was that aphasia makes it very difficult to communicate in any form. Um, even in terms of writing language, in terms of reading things, memorization, any of that. Um, and, and from what I could tell so far, it is not unlike uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. They, they don't usually declare Alzheimer's till after someone passes. But they announced that Bruce will be retiring from acting at this point um, to, to you know, face this, this uh, disease or affliction. Um, as somebody who I've had two people in my life, my father passed away from something called frontotemporal dementia, which was related to, uh, head trauma that he was hit by a car. Um, and so I have that experience of, of what that process is like, this sort of degenerate, degenerative process. And then, and then at one point my mother had remarried and my step grandmother, was at the time, I think the youngest diagnosed early onset Alzheimer's patient in California history. I think she was 42 then or 45. Um, so, you know, this news, it's just awful. It's, you know, we kind of, we've had in the last 10, 15 years or so, we've had some guys who were already sort of elder statesman actors voluntarily retire. We've had Nicholson go out even kind of without a real announcement and Gene just Hackman. just settle into his retirement. And then Hackman did make an announcement following, I think it was probably 2014's uh, Welcome to Mooseport, somewhere around there. Sean Connery? Yeah, Connery announced his retirement. There were there were rumors, obviously, that he was dealing with dementia or, or on Alzheimer's. Um, this news about Willis was completely unexpected in one way. And yet we had been hearing rumors within the industry for some time that he had been having some trouble with memorization and that he'd uh, been requesting to have smaller and smaller days on sets and less and less hours. Um, Robert, you worked when we talked about it on another episode, you worked with him on bandits. He was obviously, you know, still at a sort of a peak at that point. Um, that was prime time. That was less than a year after, um, the Sixth Sense came out. Yeah, I mean that was yeah. that was that was probably one of the the prime prime times of his career as far as the movies. He yeah, was it was doing. like a major that 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 yeah. point, like Sixth Sense, was like a major resurgence and a step into like a new zone as a performer. Yeah, um, obviously, Pulp Fiction included in that. But you know, this guy, his his feature career was kind of hit or miss over the years. Whether it was Bonfire of the Vanities or Hudson Hawk or you know. Uh, striking distance or something like that color of night. Um, but the, when he was on, uh, you know, meaning going back to like die hard, he, he was just on, he was the everyman last boy, um, Scout. last boy scout. He's just kind of 
legendary. Um, and to be, you know, I'm, I'm 46, I'll be 47 this year. So like his popularity, I wasn't obviously watching moonlighting as a kid, but like when Die Hard came out and that trailer was like, it'll blow you through the wall of the theater. And I was like, and okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Die Hard's one and two, you, you and I had made a conversation about this. Yeah. We were, like, we were like, we were, so we on were the age, we were the prime audience, like growing into that. Yeah. Granted, yeah. Uh, in in his misses, I would also include the latter of the two Die Hard films. Um, but sure. you know, we'd been hearing rumors for for years that maybe it was going to be like Die Hard Year One, which would show McLean in New York as a cop, you know, doing his thing. Whatever it was, you know, he's been missing from mainstream cinema for a while, and the word was he was doing all these crap Emmett Furla movies these ef movies where he'd work two days and get a million bucks or three million bucks for two, two days million work. bucks for two days yeah no two, i thought it was two million it's just a million dollars a day some, two million whatever it was days. some yeah. days yeah. he'd work longer but the realistically like you know a million and a half dollars for two days work or something like that yeah um and it's weird because it kind of paralleled like nick cage nick cage went off the mainstream radar Nick Cage, we we had all heard, had tax trouble. He had a couple divorces. He had a lot of money he had to pay out. So he started doing all these movies in the same deal. Take a big payday for a small amount of work. Get yourself out of the hole. And at a certain point, people started saying, and I think you were among them, Sean, that, you know, maybe something's wrong, like medically. Yeah. And he's just trying to bank up money for his family. Yes, and yeah, it even well when I made that comment a couple of years ago, I think I I didn't really think that he had a health issue at that point. I was he just thought he didn't that, care anymore, and yeah, like he doesn't care. And like if you can make two million dollars for two days' work, he has five children. It's like let me and two of those children are like seven, eight years old or something. I mean, yeah, he yeah, got yeah. married that you know they're little. Yeah, so he's going okay. Let me just you know build this generational wealth. You know pot to give them and however i have to do it i have to do it you know and if i show up you know and uh, for work two days on every other 50 cent movie then whatever but now it all comes together and it all truly makes sense because he he probably had this diagnosis several you know maybe five years who knows you know it could have been you know, he, when he turned 60 which he's 67 now it could have been when he turned 60 and everybody's like you know this is a de degenerative thing whatever so you have a finite amount of time to work so yeah. yeah and well and so the other thing is today I guess it was this article came out in the LA Times. Um and it really goes into quite some detail with different sources including like up to 20 people who who've spoken about certain things that happen on on these Emmett Furla sets. Um and apparently this has been going on for a while. Um Yeah. That's why I say I think it's been at least five years. Yeah. Five so years he, yeah. Bruce, had an assistant who you know from from working on Bandits, who was kind of like his right hand man, who on these Emmett Furla movies was getting a producer credit and yeah. would be there. Well, he, yeah, he's him. he was he he used to bartend with Willis back in the seventies. So he literally, when when Bruce got to Hollywood and got became a star, he literally was like his his uh, turtle or E from Entourage. Okay, he just was a log for the ride, but he was his his guy. You know, so um, he they said in this in this article that he's literally been helping to just get him through this and yeah. help, you know pr 
you know, his handler yeah. on set. And there's another, there's another guy who, I don't know if you knew at that time, but the, there's a guy who apparently they put an earwig on Bruce and he reads his dialogue to Bruce. So Bruce, you know, repeats what he hears in his ear. Um, that is not even that that's not some new thing that we're all finding out. Uh, Johnny Depp's been doing that for years, probably out of, <laughs> you know, Marlon Brando not, did it with not cue being cards sober. back before they had the technology. Yeah, sure. Exactly. I mean, even, you know, cheers, uh, Nicholas Colasanto who, who played coach used to hide little post-its all around the bar and they were finding him long after he'd passed and Woody took over, came into the cast, Woody Harrelson. Um, but yeah, so, so Bruce is, is, um, married and of course he has his grown daughters but they also have young kids and so a lot of people were saying you know guys making two million for two days work i think he he was a part of 20 movies in the last four years they said 24 movies where he got two million there you go so that's like 50 mil you know 50 something million um yeah. And, and then, you know, he's got to pay his $48 million. His lawyers, actually. His but I mean, look, $48 million is quite a, you know, is quite a pot to be able to leave your family, you know? So I, you know, it does, it does make you kind of go, you know, you, you, you become more forgiving of the just kind of slop that he's been showing up and putting on. Into, yeah. Cause know, now these, we these, sort of understand the drive yeah. behind it. I mean, the, so the man's yeah. been in more than 70 films since he started acting in the seventies, I think he had like an, uh, he had an uncredited cameo in Sidney Lumet's uh, the verdict with Paul Newman back in the day. And yeah, he was, you know, he was bartending and, and getting little roles and things. And then moonlighting sort of flipped the switch with people. He ended up winning a golden globe for the, for the role as David Addison. Um, and over the course of his career, even out of Die Hard, you know, like he worked with, Terry Gilliam and 12 monkeys. He did a Wes Anderson movie. He's, he's really had, um, an extraordinary career and he's such a, I mean, I, I, he, to me, he, he really is a cinema legend, just his presence on film and that kind of, I mean, he's, he's iconic. I mean, he could have, he could have stopped at die hard and die and, and, you know, and said, drop the mic. I mean, you know, that, that is one of the all time, action films in history. I mean, so he's, he's yeah, still, he's, and what is that? 33 years ago, 35 years ago, um, 34 years ago. Yeah. And, and then you got Pulp Fiction, which for him was another, again, kind of a resurgence in that this, it, yeah. it was something that nobody expected. Like, wait, Bruce Willis is going to work with Tarantino. Wow. Then you got the sixth sense, which I'm not a gigantic fan of it. That was like the, I mean, other than the Phantom Menace, that was like the biggest movie in 1999. I mean, that, that, you know, put him on another level, you know, it was a serious film, you know? So yeah. Yeah. uh, So it's, you know, if, if he had just said he was retiring and not said why it, a lot of people are actually saying that his team may have been tipped that this LA times article was going to come out. Um, and it was a pretty expansive article. Um, and that, that may have pushed the family to try and get ahead of that and make, make their statement, which I guess is, you know, certainly possible. But as I was saying earlier, you know, when we, when we lose these guys who are these cinema legends, um, it's one thing when we sort of lose them voluntarily, when they just say, you know, I think I'm done. I had a good run and I'm, I'm very pleased with the work I did and I'm just going to go lay down or go watch sunsets and you get to be kind of like, well, great, good for you. You deserve that. Um, it's incredibly sad when 
like with Connery or now with Bruce Willis, when there's a medical reason behind it, it's sort of a forced retirement, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the other big thing we wanted to talk about this week. And, uh, it is very sad. We will always have his films and his legacy will live on. I mean, again, 34 years later, people still consider the first Die Hard uh, one of the best, if not the because best. Because it still is. Movie. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any debate about it. Yeah, there Die is. Hard there is, is. is Die Hard. There has ne- I don't think there's ever been an action film that is as tightly written and acted and just edited, the score, like Die yeah. Hard 1. And, and, you know, I, 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 this is not the joke, but I would say Die Hard 2 as well, in my opinion. No, I love Die Hard 2. It does two what of the best action films do. there have ever been. And, and you know, and, and every film, every action film since then that's not some Marvel CG whatever is compared to that. You know, every action film goes, well, you know, because Die Hard set the standard. So no, and all, yeah, the, that, all the movies that came out of it, like The Under Siege and, you know. All, but I'm, right, you know, but I'm using those speed, as examples. Speed was Die Hard on Bus. That's what everyone was Cliffhanger, Speed, Air Force One, Pastor 57, Sudden Death. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. You know, White House Down, like, I'm, it, uh, the Limbs is Fallen. I'm using these as examples of films that came out of that, era of Die Hard, but none of them were as good. You know, it's like Die Hard set the standard and you can't, you can't perfect perfection anymore than it already is, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, Hey, before we wrap this up, uh, guess what, guess what came out 23 years ago today? What's that? The Matrix. 23 years ago. Yeah. You know what's funny? I remember exactly where I was. I was working on uh, downtown LA on really bad UPN show, I think. I think it was a UPN <laughs> show called Seven Days. And it was um, I worked on that yeah. too. Yeah, you did. I think I took your job on it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, left, so I left we, show. I was disgruntled. I was disgruntled. Yeah, and I left. came in and took over. So yeah, so I'll it, it, and what's funny is we were <laughs> I don't know why UPN show, that's great. You know, it's one of those things, Sean, where it you you for whatever reason your mind holds on to things. And we were shooting a, a, a diner scene at the same diner that was used in Mr. And Mrs. Smith that was used in Training Day that was used in Gone in 60 Seconds. It's like a very, you know, just popular downtown LA diner that's used in multiple films. And I remember, I think at lunch, I was sitting in my car and reading the LA Times and reading the review of The Matrix on March 31st, 1999. And they go, wow, this is interesting. This critics just all over this thing, you know, because wow. at that point it was, yeah. But well, 23 I years ago today. I was at Man's Chinese opening night that 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 night. Um, there you go. It wasn't even a theater that I would have normally gone to, but we felt like for that kind of movie, like we yeah. got to go see it at the Chinese. You know and, who else I think was in the audience that night? He's talked about this. Was Tarantino? Yeah, I want to say Tarantino I, has said that opening night he saw it at the Chinese. Yeah, I think <laughs> so there were made, a couple other film directors. I think that were also there that night. I didn't see him, but yeah, a few I think were there on opening night. It was obviously a huge deal at that time. But uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we didn't make our hour, uh, but we are um, we're close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not far off. Uh, Everything we had to say was very important. So <laughs> it, it's exactly. We're um, we're thankful that you're listening. If you're listening, you can uh, rate and review us. We're on Apple podcasts. We're on Spotify. We would love it, actually, if you would rate and review us as it, it may get other people to listen um, we are on Twitter, Stage 16 Podcast, uh, 
you know, we're everywhere. We thank you. Um, bummer about Bruce Willis, but let's uh, let's all go throw on a nice Bruce Willis uh, double feature or something now. Watch Die Hard tonight and then followed by The Matrix double feature. <laughs> there you go. Joel Silver everywhere. There you go. Thanks, Roberts. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>